It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Because that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Simpson. Everybody dies. Because I'm better than you, and you know it. Woo! Yes, somebody! To off the mount with, with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the only wrestling talk show on the worldwide sports radio network. Welcome to Off the Mat. I'm Alex Lowe's here with me. My partner in crime in Long Island, New York, is Lyle Gillen. How are you doing, Lyle? How's your week been so far? Uh, it's been really good. It's been a good week of wrestling. I'm looking forward to Rampage tonight. That's for sure. Absolutely. And before we get started, I want to say a big congratu- congratulations to our other co-host, Josh Silverberg, who's not here right now, with us right now because he had his kid early. So I just want to uh, give a big round of applause for that. Uh, congratulations. And uh, Hope everything's going well with the time that you have off right now. So now, before we get started, let's get into how you can follow us off the mat and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Off the Mat WWSRN. Also, don't forget to follow us personally on our Twitter at Show Slows is my Twitter. Uh, Lyle's Twitter is at Lyle OTM, and Josh's. Josh Silverberg's Twitter is at Josh Silverberg and follow the worldwide sports radio network on Twitter and Facebook at WWSRN underscore radio. Also, please be sure to download the WWSRN app in the, in the Google play store and from the iPhone app store. You can tell your smart speaker to play off the mat on WWSRN. Uh, Please be sure to check out everything that we have in store through the WWSRN app. You can get show bios, show articles. You can also get uh, replays from different episodes and replays of interviews and also much, much more. So please be sure to check all of that out on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app. The website is www.worldwidesportsradio.com. So now, Lyle, we have a lot to get into. We got the AEW full gear match card ahead of the pay-per-view. And I'm very, very excited for this pay-per-view. It's going to be a good one. It's taking place at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Originally, they were going to have the pay-per-view in St. Louis, Missouri. But because the venue there had too strict, too strict COVID, uh, too strict of a uh, COVID, uh, COVID 19 policy there uh tony khan and aew decided to pull the pay-per-view from that arena and move it to minnesota did you did you you hear about any of that uh no my understanding was that they moved it because um it was the same weekend of the ufc show that is my understanding the first time hearing that it was because of covid policy uh i don't believe that would be the issue since they had done Shows that had a bigger crowd mm-hmm. that had that required vaccine. So unless they would not go to a hundred percent 
capacity. I don't see how that would be the reason. I think the reason is the UFC was conflicting. So now this pay-per-view is going to take place November 13th on Saturday at 8 p.m. There will be a pre-show that will start at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and you can watch the pay-per-view available available for purchase on Bleacher Report and can also be purchased on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and Xbox. So now here's the full 2021 match card so far. The first match, the AEW World Championship, will be on the line. Kenny Omega will be defending his title against Hangman Adam Page. This is the most longing, anticipated match that people and a lot of wrestling fans have been looking forward to. Because uh, Hangman has, he's he's had a long journey from when he started as a tag team with Kenny Omega. They used to be friends, now they're enemies. And now uh, they're waiting to see how uh, Hangman Adam Page is going to respond after the the uh, signing for this match. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, a great match. Everyone expects Hangman to win, and they're teasing it so much. But I don't know if that's actually the plan anymore. They could do a go more of the Okada Omega route and have him lose the first couple of times before he finally wins it. But I don't think that would go over very well. The reason why I think that could have changed is because of Moxley going to rehab. Which, hey, first off, Moxley, it's, that's more important. That um, is very brave of him to come out and when want to do that. We wish him the best. Now back to what my point was. I very much under the belief for a while that Moxley was going to turn heel mm-hmm. and beat Danielson. Now, I'm not a fan of having Miro to replace Moxley. And the reason no. being that his entire thing right now is that he's a redeemer. He's redeeming himself mm-hmm. to God or his God. And yep. Now, he's not beating Heyman. He could beat Danielson, but what's going to tell us who is winning the main event, which the main event will be Omega Moxley, is who wins that match. If Miro wins, that most likely means Paige is going to win, because then they have heel versus face. If Danielson wins, that means most likely Omega wins, and they have Danielson Omega. So I'm not sure what they're going to do now, because... After Moxley getting hurt, you know, you really don't want to have Rusev Miro, no, you don't. Sorry, Miro go and lose to lose while he's trying to do his Redeemer thing. I think it t- kind of takes away from where they're building him. And mm-hmm. I think right now the better move is to have Danielson win and have Omega win, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh... I think that I think that um uh Hangman is definitely gonna win and Miro is gonna win and they're gonna face each other at uh, Winter is Coming, which I think will be at UBS Arena on December 8th. You do have a fair point. I feel like if Miro wins, it would keep his momentum uh, as the Redeemer as his, for his character. And but then how... he's going to lose it at when he faces yeah. Hangman. They're not going to have Hangman lose the belt really quickly, especially to Miro. That, that's not, not, not the plan. No, um, it's not. The plan but is... I feel like... They're only doing that to push Mero to keep the mem- keep the momentum on him and and continue to make him look strong. And that they've done a great job of that so far. And uh, I feel like Daniel Brian Danielson is going to be a challenge for Mero. I mean, Mero has been in matches against him before in another promotion. So I I I feel like there will be differences from WWE comparing to AEW. Well, of uh, course, 
the AEW style for Danielson has been a much more physical style. It's been much more of a uh, strong style. And yeah, I, think really is, I think that is going to be uh, a very hard-hitting match. I'm very, very excited to see it. Me too. I feel like it's going to be a very close match because Miro, Miro has his way of submissions. Brian Danielson has has his own way of doing things. So I feel like it will be one of one of the one of those type of matches that uh, people are going to look forward to. And I think that'll be the match of the night. Yeah, uh, will be. I I think it's definitely going to be the match of the night. And then the third match is the AEW World AEW Women's World Championship match: Britt Baker versus Ty Conti. Uh, I feel like Britt is definitely going to win. There's, uh, I feel like to me, Ty Conti has the experience. She has the overall wrestling experience in the ring. But we, what we haven't seen much from her is the mic work. I want to see more mic work from her before you give her a before you hand over a title to her. We haven't seen that yet. And I feel like that's the only reason why Britt, 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 uh, Britt break Baker would win. Ty Conti is not going to win anyway, even if she was good at the mic. So she's great right now. I think she's, I think she's awesome, but Britt Baker is so, so much on fire. Mm-hmm. Having her lose to Ty Conti is not the right move. No, the right move is not. having Britt win and losing to Thunder Rosa at the right time. Mm-hmm. That is the correct move to do. And that's what they're going to do. It's gonna definitely gonna be a good match. I'm excited for it. I think both competitors will do well, but uh, it's definitely gonna be Britt Baker. Yeah, absolutely. And then the the fourth match is AEW World Tag Team Championship match: the Lucha Bros against FTR. Now, this is a match I've actually been waiting for for a long, long time because we haven't had the opportunity to see FTR face the Lucha Bros in a while. And the last time they fought the Lucha Bros, uh, nobody held the. No, I don't think anybody held the World Tag Team Championships for AEW. So I, I think FTR I, had the belt at the time. I could be they wrong. Did? Okay. I could be wrong. I, 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 I feel like they did. I feel like it was just after they won them, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So I feel like with the Lucha Bros as champion, expect to see a very, very aggressive side of the Lucha Bros. Expect to see them. Uh, Put caution to the wind, go full speed ahead against FTR, and come out with a victory. I'm very curious how how this match will work. I don't know if it'll be AAA rules or if it'll be regular standard American rules. Because both titles are on the line, I think, right? Yeah. Both titles. So would they then do AAA rules? They could, but I'm that not sure. Be, that would be depending on uh, Tony Khan and then having a having Tony Khan talk to AAA to use. No, he doesn't have to. They've done it before already. Oh, they, they have. have they, don't, they don't have to talk AAA. They have AAA rules. They do it with New Japan all the time. When they have yep. matches in New Japan, they say it's mm-hmm. New Japan rules. I don't know. I feel like they could have definitely conveyed that a little bit better. I haven't heard that it is AAA rules, but I would think it is because the the rules there are so much different. And if you're going to be having the, those belts on the line, but I think uh, FTR definitely wins. So it's definitely the right move for them. And then the the fifth match is CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. So I saw the promo for this on YouTube, the promo leading up to this matchup, and I loved every second of it. It was so well done, so well put together. It, it made it sound it, they both sounded real. They both sound it. They both sounded legitimate on the mic. And if you want to get uh, you get your story across to the fans, it has to sound real. Did you read the Players Tribune article from Eddie Kingston? Uh no, I did not. 
Well, I would first off go and, re- and read that. It's a, a tremendous article. Yeah, I had something coming up saying that it, uh, it wanted to restart my computer. I told it to wait an hour. Yeah. So, so it should be good. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that uh, Eddie is to be now after reading that article is a hundred percent the face in this match, and Punk is the heel. I would go back and I would read that article because you said you haven't. It will definitely change your perspective. Mm-hmm. And but really, I do think uh, Eddie Kingston's winning this match. But here's here's the thing. Here's he the will. thing behind this. And I've seen this on Twitter. It's been blowing up on Twitter for over a week because Kenta has been calling out CM Punk. So I feel like as soon as this match ends, as soon as this match is over, Kenta's going to come out either from the ramp or he's going to run through the crowd and jump CM Punk. Because I've been hearing a lot of speculation and rumor, and then I've also heard from some people that he may be coming to make an appearance at Full Gear. I'm looking at their website right now for Battle in the Valley. He is not on the card. So there's a good chance he could be at Full Gear. But if that happens, then Punk is winning. And I I don't think Punk is losing anyway, because the entire point of the story they're telling with CM Punk, that they're rebuilding him after seven years. Yep. So him losing to Eddie would defeat that purpose. Yeah, fair so point. It's definitely going to be Punk who definitely wins. Mm-hmm. She's the right move. And people are complaining that Punk isn't having anything good right now, but he is. Every single match is, has been great so far for Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different type of story that they're building. They're yeah. telling – it's not a story that he's telling with another wrestler because it's not that two-dimensional. Yeah, it's, it's more, more like a, it's more like a redemption storyline for for being gone for seven years. They're telling, they're showing, they're ha- showing him and having to rebuild himself after being mm-hmm. gone, and showing him come back to being coming where he once was. Yep, and I I I, I do feel like Kenta may appear at the end of that match. He could, because he's been he's been uh, just firing shots at CM Punk on Twitter for the last he, week or so. He's been doing that though since Punk signed. Yeah, true. And then we have the Minneapolis Street Fight, the Inner Circle versus Men of the Year and American Top Team. Now, obviously, I feel like the Inner Circle is going to win. There's no question. There's no reason for them to have them lose. Unless, unless they're able to make it a make it in in a, in in a way where it's legit heat for both um, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. If they do that and they have them beat the Inner Circle, it's going to make them look much better as heels because we haven't had a, a lot to see from them. Now, I'm not a big fan of um, American Top Team with uh, Dan Lambert. I think it's really bad. I think he's really bad. Um, I can't stand it, and I don't hate it because he's a good heel. I hate it because he's bad. However, I think Paige Van Zandt has been phenomenal. I love her. I think she's great. I think she would be huge for AEW if they signed her permanently, so she stayed there. Yeah. And um, I thought she did good on the on on the mic on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, for the match, I'm not expecting too much. I don't know really what to expect, but uh. I don't think it'll be the greatest match, in my opinion. No, but here's one I I'm very interested to see because uh, Darby Allen was on Chris Van Vliet and he had an inter- uh, interview with Chris uh, Chris Van Vliet, and it, uh, Chris was right on the money of all those questions. 
one of my favorite questions from that interview was uh how he how do how do you how do you compare yourself in the ring to yourself in real life and how do people see you in regards to your character and he said that his character is much much real in the ring and outside the ring it, it doesn't change who he is because uh a lot of people and a lot of people can be fake he's right when i met darby he came off as a guy who was just himself exactly he stays yeah. true to himself. That's exactly he how he came off. The stuff I've been seeing from MJF on Twitter, how uh, I I don't know if it's like a a work or what, but him and his family, I feel like that. One hundred percent of work. Yeah. It, it it it's just a joke. Don't take it too serious. Uh, but I do feel like this match is going to be a very uh, interesting, uh, fast paced environment. Uh, I feel like MJF is. He's going to be somebody that Darby Allen has to beat because MJF has racked up a lot of wins in AEW. He's put down a lot of people in a lot of different matches. And for Darby, Darby, I think Darby's going to be ready. He's going to be 100% going into this match to see who's truly the best, who is truly one of the best, youngest, and fastest stars in AEW. MGF is winning this match. Um, and the entire foreshadowing to where he's going to be going in a year was him mentioning that he wants the AEW World Championship. Last time, a year ago, he mentioned that he... Was it a year ago? A little bit less than a year ago. Yeah. Maybe maybe more. It was more than a year ago. He mentioned that he wanted to be in a uh, in a faction. Well, a little while later, the pinnacle four. And then you look back now, he said he wants to be AEW World Champion. Mm-hmm. That's the only little mention he made of that. Yep. Same way when he mentioned he wanted to be in a faction. So I think MJF are going to win, and uh, they're going to continue building him up to become the AEW World Champion. And I think he's going to take the belt off Page. Yep. Not not. I, I don't know how soon it will be, but I think they will have a nice, good rivalry where he takes the belt off. I hundred percent agree with that 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 angle of it. And I feel like if Hangman was to win, MJF could be the next number one person in line for that for that title. No. But he has to beat Darby first. So I, I don't think he'll be next in line. That's too soon. Next in line would be whoever wins the Eliminator tournament. I don't know if it'll be Moxley. Whenever I try and predict what Tony Khan is going to do, I'm generally wrong. Yeah. So I kind of stopped. So then there's the Falls Count Anywhere six-man tag. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express against Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Uh, I would say... Have the heels win. Have Adam Cole and the Young Bucks win. That's the right move. I feel like it's it's if you have Christian and Jurassic Express lose, uh, and you keep having Adam Cole and the Young Bucks win, not only does it make them strong, it makes the super elites look strong, and you want to tell a good story. But I don't want the reason why I don't want um, Jurassic Express and Christian to win is because Christian hasn't been on the show in a while. No, because he's been doing Impact. Mm-hmm. So if he just comes back and and wins, and just, then, just wins, I don't that like makes that. Makes no sense, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't really been around. Um, no build off of it. I, I think the the Bucks and uh, Cole should win 100. percent mm-hmm. And this the the match after that, which I feel like Malachi Black and Andrade are gonna win. And here here's the reason why. I've been he- hearing that Cody, um. The, the, all the stuff about Cody Rhodes 
and especially from the interviews I've been watching on YouTube, people don't like Cody for some reason. They just can't get oh, they just can't get behind him for some reason. It's it's not the same. I don't know why, but I feel like it has to do with him going from heel to face and then back to face. And well, he's like, never actually been a heel. No. And he says he won't ever turn heel. Like, he won't actually do it. And I feel so, like so that's why says, the fans don't No, that's, that's a, I, I think that's 100% of work. Um, he came out and said that on TV. He said it in an interview. If he was never going to have a plan to turn heel, he would never have came out and said that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make us think. Because they wanted the boost to settle down and try to die down. Yeah. Um. So then when he turns heel... It's more of a shock. Yeah. Now, now everyone was expecting it. I think at full gear he will turn heel because now, hey, now he everyone's like, no, nah, he's a face. He's a good guy. The booing kind of subsided a little bit. Mm-hmm. I still think it's coming. I think he's trying to swerve everybody. Yeah, I, I, I think he. There's something's gonna happen. Something is not gonna. Something that people are not gonna expect. Something. However, why would TNT want their show if he's a bad guy? He's That's a good true. heel. He's a good heel. So could it be more so of TNT wanting him to be a face? So then, you know, people want to tune into this show. However, WWE had the Miz as a heel when they had Miz and Mrs. Air. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I stopped trying to predict Tony, Tony Khan because just like when I try and predict Gato, I'm usually wrong. Yeah. It's just only time will tell with that. But now we we're gonna get into the the WWE releases. So fifteen, I think fifteen or twenty people were released from WWE, and here are the following names. And the first name is Keith Lee. Karrion Cross was released. Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Eva Marie, Mia Yim, Harry Smith, Davy Davy Boy Smith Jr., Lince Dorado, Graham Metalik, Jeet Rama, Katrina Cortez, Trey Baxter. Zeta Ramir, Jesse Camilla, B Fab, Oni Larkin, Frankie Monet, and Scarlett Bordux. Out of the 15 names, Lyle, which one shocked you the most? Which one really spoke to you? I would say Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. Um, those are two guys that you look back and they were pushing them so hard at one point. Remember what Keith Lee did in the Survivor Series and the and the Rumble? They tried to make him look so strong. And then they, he came up to the main roster, got his call up, and that was it. Carrying Cross, see how hot he was coming up, and they just like killed it. I don't know yeah. if that was intentional. It feels intentional. It does, but but they very much just killed it. I feel like that's the problem with the main roster. They never want to stick to NXT idea character. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. If it's working well and it's it's uh, responding well to the audience, there's no reason you should change it at all. And I feel like the same goes for Keith Lee. He His persona and how he came up with that persona and being in the Royal Rumble and having Roman Reigns put him over in the Royal Rumble match made him look very, very strong. It made him look good. The crowd loved it. The crowd responded well to it. So I, I honestly don't think those two stars, any part of their gimmick should have been changed. They should have kept it the way it was. Well, remember when... um. What's that tag team they called up years ago from NXT? A long time ago. I just, to me, it feels like Vince McMahon has no idea how to make these guys look. I mean, he he has a certain idea for what he wants, 
but then he'll go with that idea and then he'll change it. The ascension. And then change it again. It's the like, ascension. Remember how good they were in NXT? Mm-hmm. And then they called him up and they tried to make him look like Legion of Doom. And it failed. Yeah, it failed miserably. Think back when they called up Karrion Cross. Remember what was reported? WWE writers said that they wanted everyone to have a character. Mm-hmm. But then they could make money off them. They want to have a thing about them. And, you know, but Karrion Cross did have that. Yeah, he did. His, his fallen prey on um, mm-hmm. TikTok. They had all of that. That could have made them money. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't know how to make money off of that. And no. so they put a mask on him, threw him out there, yeah. made, him, made him look like a knockoff of Shredder. It was horrible. They don't know how to take what works and make money off it. They only know how to make money off of it if it's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it, they, it, they make it become too childlike, too cartoonish. And that's, I feel like that's the problem. And if Vince wants to make these characters look good, he's just going to have to find a different way to go about it to where it benefits everybody and benefits the fans. And that's the issue. He never wants to listen to the fans or their recommendation. And that's why the pro- the, the programs are so bad right now, Raw and SmackDown. Well, if you think back, that's what they did in the uh, 90s. They were very cartoony. And the reason why they changed was because Bischoff changed that. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, it was the early 90s when they were like that, when they were very cartoony. Yeah. Early early 90s to mid-90s. Bischoff tried to be different and made their characters not cartoony, more real. And that forced WWE to stop doing the real characters. Mm-hmm. And I don't think WWE will stop what they're doing now until AEW probably starts continually beating them in the, ra- in the ratings. Yep. Uh, just, if they stop beating Raw, um, which they have beaten in the demo a couple times, but not viewership. And here's the thing. WWE, they know how to manipulate their audience. Mm-hmm. And what matters is the demo. Yep. But WWE uses viewership to manipulate people. Mm-hmm. So then they think that they actually won. When AEW has beaten Raw a couple times. And they beat them in the demo. And that, like I said, that's what matters. But it's like every Saturday morning or afternoon... They send out, they leak the Fast Nationals, but it's only a certain amount. If Dynamite is under 600,000 from the Fast Nationals, they'll leak it out. If they're over, they won't. It's because they want to use viewership to manipulate people's view on AEW. Mm -hmm. Because, no offense, the people who only watch WWE, generally, according to Nielsen and their reports, are not as smart as AEW fans. Nope. And Nielsen gets that report by majority of people who watch it. More people who watch AEW are have a college education. I don't know how they get that number, how they figure that out, but that's the report from them. So I'm going with it. Yeah, and I, and I regards to Keith Lee, Keith Lee actually put a statement out on Twitter promising that he is not done after his WWE release. And here is what the... Oh, I'll let you finish and then I'll read it off. So pretty much what WWE is trying to do is mm-hmm. they're trying to make people to make AEW look bad. Yeah. So when AEW starts beating Raw in the, in the viewership more, that is when WWE won't have that excuse. They mm-hmm. won't be able to try and use viewership to manipulate people as why they don't have to try to push their content and change their content. But 
The I agree. They just they they never want to try and actually make their content uh, legit. They never want to try and make their content uh benefit everybody alike, all wrestling fans alike, and that's why they have this issue. And WWE, and I want it to be like that, where once AEW starts continually beating them in demo and viewership, not just demo, that they'll be able to start changing what they do more. But mm-hmm. part of me thinks that will never happen because WWE is making so much money off of everything away from their product that part of me thinks they just don't care about it anymore. Yeah. And they just try and figure out, okay, what can we do to make the most money not caring that their product is so bad? Mm-hmm. Which you can have both. You can have the product be good with good booking. Yep. And still have product that makes you money. Off the characters, it's people don't really care about the cartoonish character as much. That's not the issue. The issue is that they take that bad cartoony characters, and they have terrible booking. Mm-hmm. If they had good booking, people wouldn't care about that anymore. No, or as much. Yeah, but and we and we wouldn't terrible. have we wouldn't have these multiple releases every couple months. Oh no, they'd still have that. And that's a crock of shit that they um released everybody, and then went on to report that they had the highest um, income ever again. And they did that, and then they went and released people. Yeah, that's... that's, It's bullshit. Um, The fact uh, that they're doing that is is horrible. And if you go back to what Daniel Bryan said, he said what WWE does, and he hates it, he said that... He said it recently, that they will sign people, and when you sign somewhere, you expect to be there for that duration of that contract, yep. and they'll just release them, and he said AEW doesn't do that. What they do is no. they'll let their contracts expire, Yep. and the only time they've ever released people is because of disciplinary actions. Yeah, so, and it's absurd. It's it's just ludicrous, and as regarding the Keith Lee, he uh, put out a statement on Twitter that said, thank you for all the positivity that has been dropped on me the past few days, as well as birthday wishes. I love you guys. Worry not. We are not done. We will work. And he said on this uh, Twitter post, greetings and saltations. This this day is my birthday. It is not a happy birthday, but it is one I am most grateful for. Several months ago, it was not a guarantee I would make it to this day. So there is positivity in that. I paid all my medical bills from many offices and machines I frequented. There is positivity in that. And I do find it amusing that people believe anyone but paid for my medical expenses. I was going to wait a couple weeks, but I think it's time to look forward towards the future as much as I'd like to say. I'm capable of so much more and I can't wait to see what it looks like properly. I had a wide array of interests and abilities also I also consider myself to be rather open-minded. Here's to a future that, for all intents and purposes, seems limitless. So, so I, I want to cut you off for one second, and yeah. um, I'm sorry. But no, you're now, good. in that statement from Keith Lee, he said that he paid for his own medical bills. Well, actually, just after we went on the air, mm-hmm. WWE released a statement responding to that. Their statement. Keith Lee's recent comments implying WWE failed to pay pay his medical bills are erroneous. WWE has an extensive healthcare program for the medical care of its in-ring performers. Mr. Lee was part of this program while with the company. 
Should Mr. Lee have any concerns over the payment of his, of medical bills, he's welcome to address them with WWE. Now, what do you think about their response to his statement? If WWE has a um a way that they actually pay for people's medical bills, then then maybe but, it's true. Yeah, that's it, not what they said. They said that they don't. They essentially said, yeah, he, pay, they, he he paid his for it, but. He was part of a healthcare program, and I assume the healthcare, I mean. prog- the healthcare program gave him it essentially took off a percentage of what he had to pay and didn't pay as much, but he probably still paid. So they're so, not really yeah. saying he's wrong, but they're saying, "Oh, we have a healthcare." He program had to and pay like, the rest, is what they mean. Yeah. yeah. So I find it interesting. Yeah, I do as well, and I also heard that. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm just I I, I feel like people said the uh, people that worked with Keith Lee in the back said he had an attitude problem. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I don't believe that. Um, I think that's just I don't know where you heard that from. I think that's WWE just trying to protect themselves and make it look yeah, like it was deserving for him to be released, but. To be to be fair, he, um, what they did with him was horrible. The way they booked him was terrible. He did everything they asked, and they kept treating him like shit. Yeah. So if he did have an attitude problem, it was deserved. Um, and he definitely should have. Um, actually, that sounds familiar now. That yeah, he didn't, want, he, he didn't want a job to anybody. That's no, he didn't want to keep losing. I heard he, that, but you yeah. know what? Like the way they booked him was horrible. I don't blame him for getting upset. If if that's true, I don't know. I don't want to assume. I yeah, I don't want to assume from, it's but... true or not, or, but I, I feel like if it if it was or is confirmed to be true, which I'm not saying it is, but if it was, I feel like he has every right to be mad. Like, uh, uh it's like this. It's think of it as an everyday job. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody tells you to uh, do this and you don't get paid enough money to do that same thing that they're telling you to do, that's its equivalent to telling somebody in wrestling that they have to go out and lose and be paid to lose. Okay. I want to ask you this question, Lyle, really quick. Uh, do, where do you think Keith Lee goes from here? Do you think he goes to AEW? Does he go to New Japan or does he go to Impact? I would say New Japan would be a good fit for him in regards to being a, a powerhouse, like a bigger dude. Cause I feel like they don't have enough guys that can actually, uh, put on a, a value of performance. And I feel like Keith Lee has that ability to uh, knock it out of the park, especially in a promotion like that, that hasn't had a good year. So say if you put him with like Tamoro Ishii or you, you put him with uh, Minoru Suzuki, or you put him against Tamak- Tamaki Hama or Jeff Cobb, you got great matches there. I don't know because I remember Kirk says, isn't my am pregnant? Isn't yeah. my me yeah, again? I, yeah, I believe yeah. she is. I, I feel like she posted something um, of them having a kid. I could very well be wrong and thinking of someone else. If I am, I'm very sorry. I don't remember. I don't want to assume she is, so I'm going to like take that statement back. But I thought I po- she posted a sonogram. I, she could have not. I could be thinking of someone else. But if I am remembering correctly, they're probably not going to want to move to Japan. Um. So if they don't, if they were, if they don't go to Japan, then there's only two options, really. It's like Impact or AEW. 
or GC, or even GCW for that well, man. GCW doesn't contract their wrestlers. What they have there is um people sign on in per appearance basis. Yeah. Um, he could do that too. I don't. I, he could. Um, GCW is a high product right now. Um, but I think he would do better in Impact. I think they need a a, a big star. Um. I think he should go to Impact. I think him and Ramoon would do great Impact. Um, Mia Yim was in Impact. She could go back. So I think that would be a great get for them if they got all three of them. Absolutely. I, I feel like that would be a great fit for Keith Lee. And also, uh, PW Mania put out a article that says uh, several wrestling promotion uh, – no – a wrestling promotion is interest, interested in several ex-WWE stars, including Karrion Cross, And they go on to say that Mexican wrestling promotion AAA is interested in wrestlers that were released from the company, including Karrion Cross, Scarlett, Graham Metalik, and Frankie, Frankie, Frankie Monet, a.k.a. Tyler Valkyrie. However, Triple A uh, bringing in more wrestlers is said to depend on their ability to sell tickets and shows once capacity restrictions are lifted. Okay. Due to the due to his non-compete clause, Cross won't be able to appear for any promotions until early February, but he has been posting teaser videos in the meantime on Twitter. Have you seen some of those teasers, Lyle? Have you got a chance to watch them? I've watched a couple of them. What does it sound like to you from those uh teasers where you sounds like he's going back to be killer cross? So impact. Don't have to go to impact. Just be yeah. across. He owned the name. Yeah, true. He does have rights in the name, so he could go anywhere and still use that name. I don't think he's going back to impact. I know they didn't have the best relationship when he left. And then uh, here's a one thing that's been really, really getting under my skin. That's really upset me. Because this is a guy I've actually met in person. I met him at WXW in Orlando. Nicest guy. Somebody that a lot of people have so much respect for. Because not only have, has his family been in the business, but he has been in the business for so long. And that's uh, Harry Smith, Davy Boy Smith Jr. And this has happened, I think, on, on multiple or a couple occasions with WWE. Where they will bring in Davy Boy Smith's. They'll sign him, and then only only uh, immediately after having an untelevised match or two or three of those, then they release him. It's like, what are you guys doing? You have somebody who could literally help mm-hmm. your younger guys on the Raw and SmackDown roster and make them look stronger and ha- uh, help them grow in their in-ring experience, and you're killing that. That's just... Alex, you're sitting here trying to make sense of WWE. It doesn't... Yeah, it really doesn't. I agree with you. It does not make sense. It's like... You, at, at the same like, time... It's like you go into another language and trying to pick up... I'm sorry. You go to another country trying to pick up their language without ever studying it or doing anything. You're just, it's, it's foreign. It does not make any sense. And that's literally WWE and what they've been for the last number of years. They're not a company that makes any sense to people who have any knowledge of professional wrestling. No, and it's just like he has he has so much ability. He's a WWE Hall of Famer in his own right. So I don't I don't get it. I stopped trying to um figure them out because they don't make sense. And yeah, 
And now let's get into the WWE Survivor Series match card. Updated Survivor Series match card after the Raw of November 8th. So, so far we have champion versus champion match. Uh, WWE champion Big, Le Big E versus Universal champion Roman Reigns. So, immediately I'm going to say Roman Reigns is going to win this match, obviously. They're not going to have Big E try to go over in this match because... Uh, I feel like having Roman Reigns keep winning is only going to make him stronger until they get to WrestleMania season. I think Brock interrupts it and ends, ends in a DQ. DQ? Yeah. yeah. Brock, Brock is going to interfere. I mean, if, they did say Brock was going to come back after giving him some time off from TV, which was the written off uh, indefinite suspension. Well, he's definitely, definitely suspended, but doesn't mean he's not going to just show up. No. Apparently he's gonna be, when, when <laughs> he's they're in show up. when they're in LA, LA, he apparently said he's gonna he bought a ringside ticket for it, so he's probably gonna be showing up yep. again soon. And then we have the Raw Women's Championship match: Becky Lynch against Charlotte Flair. Which these two actually have legit heat in the locker room. The report says that they. Used to be friends, but now it just doesn't feel that way anymore. Well, Becky did an interview. Um, I forget what podcast, and I'm really sorry I can't give them credit for it. But they asked them about that specific incident that was reported. And she said she's not going to comment on it, but she will say that she hasn't really spoken to her in a while. Now, I'm not sure what that means. I'm going to take it as that incident did happen, because she yeah. then followed that up with, but somebody has to be the hero in that locker room. So I'm going to assume Charlotte was being a little whiny bitch back there. And yeah, Becky stood up to her. So I'm going to assume what happened. The report is true. Going off what you said. Um, I could feel like the report's true, or but I don't want to second guess it. So I just leave it at that. But I, I do feel like that incident did occur. I feel like I feel like um, Fightful reported it. If they did, it's probably true. Yes, I feel like that incident did occur, though, backstage, and I feel like that a lot of the people backstage have had to deal with the same uh, circumstance with Charlotte Flair in regards to how, how she is backstage and how she is in the ring. So I feel like a lot of people are upset to some degree. I, I, I don't know what's going on with Charlotte, but I feel like in the last couple of years, she's gotten more and more like edgier. And by that, I mean, like, difficult person to be around. Just how she comes off. Apparently, she was the one that pulled strings to have Andrade released. I don't know if them, what happened with that him, how he was treated, had the reason for her mm -hmm. kind of being like that. But it does come off that way. And yeah. it kind of, kind of has for a while. So... And now here's the Survivor Series 5-on-5 elimination match, the men's one. We have for Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Bobby Lashley. And for Team SmackDown, we have Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Sami Zayn, and Happy Corbin. And I actually put a Twitter poll up name. on... Yeah, I hate, I hate that, name. that name too. Happy Corbin? It should have just stuck so with Corbin. Yeah. Understand. I'm going, I'm taking my own advice. Don't try and figure out WWE. No, don't. Because it does not make sense. It it does not. 
And we, in regards to that match, I put a poll on Twitter for the five-on-five elimination. I said, who do you got to win the men's Survivor Series five-on-five elimination match? 33.3% said Team Raw, and 667 said SmackDown. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people want SmackDown to win, generally. It's really weird because majority of the people in this match was on the other show just recently before they did the draft. So what, like, pride do they have to fight for their brand? Like, what? Well, like, they do. It's like if you just signed a, a, for a company mm-hmm. or went got hired for your new job. Like, you just started a new job, okay? And you're going to be having a staff softball game against the staff of your public that you just left. You're going to be indifferent. Like, hey, you didn't like Publix, but you're not super committed to your new company. You've only been there for a little bit. Yeah. So it's really weird how they're doing that. And then they released it on Twitter. Yeah. It was just bizarre. <sighs> that is bizarre. I feel like uh, it, ha- it would have had a better response on TV, announcing it on TV instead of just doing it on social media. Um, I think they did it on social media because they wanted people talking and they didn't care if it was positive or negative. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And I feel like the positive side of this for this match is you got two people who are actually, actually hard-hitting and skilled in this match. I would say actually three. You got Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, and King Woods. But uh, they they recently did a work where was it? No, it was Kofi. Yeah, it was just Kofi where they had him get taken out by the bloodline and they targeted his legs. But really quickly, I'll get into the this week in wrestling history. That is Saturday. That was a WWE Live World Tour SmackDown event from Saturday, November 12, 2011. The the attendance was 5,000, and it was in Frankfurt, Germany. And the first match was uh, Daniel Bryan defeating Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd in a, in a three-way match. Number two was Broadus Clay defeating uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, number two, actually. Number three was Ezekiel Jackson defeating Jinder Mahal. Number four was Hunico defeating Yoshitatsu. Number five was Sheamus defeating Wade Barrett. And number six was Alicia Fox defeating Natalia. And number seven was Randy Orton defeating Cody Rhodes in a street fight. And number eight was The Big Show defeating Mark Henry for the World Heavyweight Championship in WWE. And then my finisher for my finisher is I, ha- I recently bought the new Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine. Inside the magazine is a number, it's like a one through 150 of the best uh, best of a uh, woman this year in, two, in 2021 who have had the best matches. And then a lot of it is just covering different things in the magazine. So if you haven't bought one of these, I highly recommend doing so. Sounds good. Do you have a finishing move, Lyle? Full gear. going to be a phenomenal show, and I can't wait for this weekend. Um, congratulations again to Josh. Very proud of you as a uh, someone who has been a close friend of mine for a decade. I'm um, very proud and happy for you to see how you have grown up since we both started college together. And um, I'm looking forward to the next 10 years to see what's next in store in your life.
So that's going to do it for this episode of Off the Mountain and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Again, please be sure to check us out on social media and check us out through the WWSRN app. And we'll see you back here next Friday. For Alex Lowe's and Lyle Gillen, adios and have a great rest of the week. I must bid you adieu. So say with me now if you know it. Goodbye. And good night. Thank you for listening to Off the Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.